Welcome to the Expanded By Podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea. I'm a business mentor, brain rewiring certified coach, and soon to be 7D, a high energy healer. On this podcast, we're going to be talking about all things business growth, spirituality, brain rewiring, mindset, energetics, and so much more. You can connect further with me on Instagram at Expand with Chelsea and on YouTube at Expand with Chelsea. I am so excited that you're here. I hope you leave today feeling expanded by what we talk about. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I am here in Hawaii recording with my good friend Lisa that I am here with and this podcast episode specifically has been a real Olympic event to bring to you. It is one of those situations where I knew I should have done it beforehand and kept putting it off and then had a total epic trying to pull off <laughs> finding a new microphone in Hawaii and then looking for a connector back to my computer. But you know what? We're here. Lisa didn't let me give up. And we are going to be talking all things healing Today, we're going to be talking about cold plunging and how much of a positive effect it's really had on the both of us over the last 11 slash 12 days. And we're going to have a very candid conversation about all of this. So before we dive in, the Next Level Mastermind. This is my five-month container for business owners looking to dramatically up-level their business. If you are at a crossroads between wanting to really go full and all in in your business and thinking, okay, maybe like, can I make this work full-time? Is this actually something that is going to be very lucrative for me? Yes, you absolutely can, but it is just committing all the way and having that support and accountability and being surrounded by other business owners that are also committed to their growth is extremely important. And the Next Level Mastermind, we are getting started officially on the 18th of January. Applications close on the 17th. So there is still time. If you are curious about this container and this is something that you've been interested in and you want to and haven't yet experienced my coaching, you can send me an email at hello at expandwithchelsea.com using the word Voxer, V-O-X-E-R, and I will set you up on Voxer, which is a one-on-one messaging app, and we'll go back and forth for two days on anything that you're struggling with inside your business so you can experience what my coaching's like. We can talk about the Next Level Mastermind if it's the right fit for you, and at the end, it's totally no strings attached. If you decide that you would like to join, amazing. Would love to have you. If not, that's awesome too, and happy that you got more clarity on that. Again, Again, you can send an email to hello at expand with Chelsea using the word Voxer if you are curious and want to see what working with me is like because it's going to be very similar inside the Next Level Mastermind. You can also find more information about the Next Level Mastermind using the show notes. There's going to be a link in there both for the sales page and for the application. Alrighty, let's dive into this episode with Lisa. I'm really excited because we are actually here in person. Believe it or not, we're sitting inside of a Kia Soul that we have rented. We are in Hawaii for the next five-ish days. And if you're looking to go to Hawaii for cheap, (laughs) tickets on Black Friday are $300 round trip. So highly recommend waiting until Black Friday and booking your trip and then going on the experience of a lifetime. So I want to talk to Lisa today about healing because this is something that her and I have been very interlinked on as a journey. And it was about a year ago that we were sitting in San Diego 
and talking about life and all things. And we were reflecting on just how far we've come. I mean, we've had, we both had a hell of a 2022. It was kind of a roller coaster. So Lisa, I'm curious to hear now how you're feeling compared to, I mean, a year ago. We've had a lot happen in between then and now. And I'd love to hear just some of not even like the changes that you've experienced, but just like how this has changed you as a person. I mean, both you and I have gone through some pretty traumatic events in the last year and just anything you have to share on like your outlook on life, if you're more compassionate with yourself, anything like that. I mean, wow. Firstly, firstly, hi, everybody. Secondly. Welcome back. (laughs) (laughs) um, Secondly, what a beautiful question to ask and way to frame it because I did not realize that we're sitting here together a year later in a completely different headspace with a much more beautiful future and day-to-day ahead of us and within us. Um, We both were going through a lot of day-to-day trauma and disconnect with who we are as people and the situations that we were in. And so for me, I'm just taking that in and it's making me a little emotional. Um, Thank you, Chelsea, because... I was so unwell, and I feel like I am finally finding my way to wellness. And that journey has been really, really difficult, but it's been a really beautiful one. And something that's kept me going all along is knowing that there is wellness on the other side of this, and it's going to be more fortified and resilient than the wellness I may have experienced in the past. So... I think both of us have learned so many lessons about growing up and boundaries and what's okay and not okay to tolerate and patterns that we shouldn't be repeating in the future. So um, holy crap, a year ago, what a sad time for me personally. And in the present moment, a year forward from that, what a what a beautiful experience we're in. Yeah. And I'm curious too, like what are, you know, because everybody's so different with this, but like What are some of, like, your personal indicators that, like, you're not doing well? Because I think it's really hard in the moment to tell because I think maybe a year ago, like, you and I both kind of knew things weren't good. But, like, we kind of, like, justify ourselves out of it. It's, like, you kind of, like, talk to other people and you're, like, is that normal? Like, is is wait and like comparing yourself you know against them and everything but like what are kind of some of the things that you started to notice of like oh shit okay this isn't this isn't good wow well (laughs) I was a mess I don't think I would have liked to be around me (laughs) at the time and there was so much anxiety and lack of settlement in my body and self. And it was obvious in the way that I would seek for answers in other people and continue the same conversations and same questions over and over again. Is this okay? Am I safe? Is it going to get better? And once you start asking yourself that too many times, the answer is no, probably not. It is not good. And it is not, the situation is not good enough to stay for betterment. And I think that was one of the things where I realized I was just, I was ruining my relationships and the relationship I had with myself. Yeah. And I was sad all the time. (laughs) That's a big big indicator. Like, actually, we're just like, the only time you're happy is like when you're with 
other people outside of, and, and we're specifically talking about like through the lens of relationships. And this is just like so relevant because like, you know, we talk a lot about business growth on this podcast, but like you're a whole fucking human being. Like you, you cannot experience things in your personal life and compartmentalize them when it comes to business. Like all of the time that's going to affect things. So if it's, you know, you're you're sitting in this day-to-day experience where it's really not healthy for you and then trying to like function highly in other areas of your life, like I just I just don't think it's possible or it's at the very least like super not sustainable. And I really like what you said too about like yeah, we're kind of like waiting for things to get better, but like eventually we do just have to like draw that line and you have to choose yourself. Like you have to choose it because we like, this is like super cheesy, but like we do get to choose to be happy. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times like that, it kind of feels like you're clawing your way back out of like the pit that you've dug yourself into, which can feel like more, it's, it's kind of like what we were talking about before of like the wall the wall of the terrible where it's just like you don't even want to approach it because it's like you know once you open like pandora's box everything's gonna fucking come out and then you're like i actually don't even have any energy to deal with any of that Mm. and it just seems like really big and really overwhelming so i'm curious lisa then what are some of the things that have helped you the most in terms of moving forward healing from trauma, and then also, like, kind of finding your way. I mean, I'm going to say, like, finding your way back to yourself. Wow. I, this is, these are, this is such an emotionally charged question, Chelsea. Would it be anything else? No. With with two Enneagram (laughs) 8s, I just, this is the only way I can go. Okay, so I do feel, like, anxious about this because, you know, I haven't truly, I wouldn't say that I'm over all of the healing. So I have not yet fully reflected on every everything in that way. But I think in the early stages of grief and healing and acceptance was where I was at in my journey and my life choices was understanding that life is not fair. We all deserve everything good and well, but we, we, who are we to be um, without hard life experiences? Who are we to not deserve that as well? I, I think that that dichotomy of good and bad is really important and pertinent to our growth as people. So for me, it was just surrendering to, oh my gosh, like life isn't fair. Get over it sometimes. Um, and that really helped me not get into a spiral of, of dangerous thoughts or pattern thinking. Um, and I would say too is especially in the terms of relational loss, is um, removing contact completely um, and understanding that you're moving forward, not holding on, as painful as that is. Um, But it was ugly and hurtful, and I needed to make sure I had community. I had the most amazing friends in the world, Chelsea being one of them, reflect to me that I'm not crazy. I was just suffering from trauma. Um, and that was really, really important for me. That that community, uh, I think, really helps carry us through. Um, and I think also 
just accepting that I was not going to be able to do sometimes. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I just, I love. We're just, we're just having a very candid conversation here, and like this is, this is what Lisa and I have been talking about for quite a while, and I think it's. Like, it's really important to bring up these conversations as well, because I think a lot of the times we would be more, not, like, secretive about it, but I think, like, people, like, the word trauma comes up, and it's kind of like this visceral response in your body where you're like, oh my god, like, what's gonna come next, right? And for me, like, even labeling, like, a breakup, and specifically, like, the breakup that I went through as traumatic, like it kind of feels like I'm being dramatic. Like, it feels like I'm trying to, like, bring too much attention to it. But then, for me, if I don't have that label come with it, the traumatic label, I think I'm, like, trying to manipulate myself into thinking that it wasn't a big deal when my body and my mind and everything else says that it definitely was. So, it's kind of, like, coming to terms with, like, holy man, like, I actually did, I went through some shit because I think I would have tried to continue like plowing ahead with it and like really fucking struggling versus just like actually allowing myself to be like yeah that was extremely traumatic and I can move forward from it and that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm like at 110 percent but it's like yeah compared to where both of us were in April like we're definitely further along than that you know there's definitely been like some dips along the way but like (laughs) I think that, yeah, this is just, like, a conversation that, for me, you, like, Lisa, you finally made me realize that, like, I've never processed any breakup ever. And then I'm like, oh, oh, all of these. That's why this one's so bad is because I've never, like, sat down to reflect on anything. Mm -hmm. And, like, then all of a sudden, like, this is, this is all coming up now. It's, like, repressed, repressed, repressed finally go through something big enough and then you're like oh okay so I do actually need to like think about my role in this relationship think about my patterning and start to think about like what do I want my future to look like because if I don't make different choices Mm. I'm gonna get the same thing amen that's all I can say to that (laughs) (laughs) hallelujah girl (laughs) a fucking men okay so I'm curious too I want to talk a little bit about moving and how that was in terms of like your healing process and if that was like difficult was that I mean for you I think it was like kind of necessary for you to find somewhere new to be but tell me a little bit more about that and I mean yeah I'm just like curious like I think for you like going through your breakup you were just like yeah I got to find somewhere where I feel like not not that like I belong but I think it was also environment was really important to you too. Yeah. Um, For context, I went through a breakup in April and that of 2022, but I knew that the relationship was bad and I knew I was personally suffering from it and that I, I needed something to change. So I had a remote job at the beginning of the year and in January I moved to California for month to month and then back to Colorado and then to Portland. And it was really unsettling. Not only was I I had a dysregulated nervous system, anxious and unsure of everything, I also was unsure of where I was living. 
And I don't think that was supportive for me at the time. Other times in my life, it truly was. But for the scenario in which I was in, it, it created more, um, I'm going to use the Italian-American term, agita. It created a lot of disconnect um, in my system. And so when I was going through that breakup, um, I was also uh, in parallel applying for jobs. And I happened to get a job offer um, in the Pacific Northwest and in a city that's not too too horrible. Um, and so I said, okay, well, this is a way that I can just have some routine, some settlement, and I can decide to try and make it work for myself. And I think that was really important because I got to start new, start fresh. No one knew me there. No one knew where I was. And it was a really beautiful renewal um, to try to see who I was again. Um but it was hard, still is, and ugly. Like, I, I think one of the really important things, if there's anyone listening that's either going through a breakup or going through some transitionatory, I don't know, you know what I mean. <laughs> Transitions. I that was, yeah, that was a word. <laughs> Transitions in your life. Um, th- there's no expectation for it to be pretty or good or for it to actually work. Um, everything might go up in flames and you might have to start again. Um, because that's what, I'm not sure if that's going to happen to me, right? And um, that's okay, but it's the fact that we're out here and that we're trying. So, and the question to like the whole moving experience, it was so unsettling, so uncomfortable. Just, it felt like I was like a little baby bird trying to like have my wings again. I was learning I was learning how to get up in the mornings. I was learning how to feed myself. All these really basic life things I was relearning because I I lost some of that in the traumatic response that I was going through. So um, it it was a time of isolation and renewal and beauty at the same time. But ew, it was hard (laughs) and ugly. texting and I was like asking you I was like have you been eating and like just like basic shit because it it really is like it completely throws off like everything that you've ever known about yourself like everything that you thought you knew how to do like your identity it's just all of it so it really is like learning how to support yourself again so you and I have been cold plunging Mm. And for anybody that might not know what this is, it is intentionally placing your entire body in freezing cold fucking water. And I don't know how we got into this. I think, did I ask you if you wanted to go into the river? Yeah, so Chelsea and I are both the same kind of weird. And (laughs) that week I was um, looking up like how to buy myself these cold plunge little tubs because I was not really happy where I was in my life still. Um, in the healing process, and I said, you know what, something's not working, so let's try something else to make it make it a little better. Uh, because you know, if you don't try, you don't know. Um, so I wanted to give myself a fighting chance. And there, Chelsea is the crazy woman that she is. Is like, hey, girl, um, I was thinking about jumping in the water for a cold plunge, straight run off, yeah. And I was like, perfect. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> Um, so that was really convenient. Um, <laughs> um, so we both said yes, although it was so like we were begrudgingly like accepting that we were going to do it. 
but um, we couldn't find the right drop-off location or anything like that. It was really hard to access the water, actually, <laughs> in, in the actual, like, river outside, and... <laughs> I am glad that we did it that initial time, though, because then after that, like, we've been consistent every single day, like, getting that cold exposure. And, I mean, I've read up on, like, some of the benefits about it, but I think for me what what I really like about it is it's a complete change of state because you're so goddamn cold that you actually, like, can't think about anything else. Like, it is a total, like, reset button. And for me, like... Every time I get out, I'm like, I'm a badass bitch. Like, there's honestly, I'm like, there's nothing I can't handle if I just sat in that cold ass water for four minutes. Like, I, there's, there's <laughs> like, it really like makes me feel like I have such an increased capacity and I feel like my reactions to things are a lot less reactionary. So then there's people like me who. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I want to talk about the your your response and my response and how yes. they're different. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. So Chelsea feels like a badass bitch, of, <laughs> of which she is. Amen. Snaps to it. We know it's true. However, that does not render the same response for me. Anytime I'm, like, close to the water, firstly— I'm like, shh, like, what the heck am I doing and why? I think to myself, like, how sobering of an experience that I'm this fucked up that I have to jump in cold water at night to to kind of, like, make myself eat in the morning, right? Like, it's, a, it's kind of, like, really, like, a leveling experience for me. Very <laughs> sobering. <laughs> um... But I jump in, and then I'm fucking cold. I'm sorry if we're allowed to curse. Oh, we're definitely cursing. Um, I'm cold when I'm in there. So I'm I'm just telling you guys my detailed experience because um, it's, it's not like everyone thinks it's fun and that we all tolerate it well. I am a baby, but I do it every day, and I jump in, and I'm becoming, like, getting in and staying in longer. But I'm not in there for four minutes. I'm in there for 30 seconds at most right now, which I'm very proud of. Um... Chelsea's at four minutes. Because um, I'm in a bathtub and yeah. you're in you're in actual water though. I think it's very different. It, perhaps. But the the thing is is that it, it doesn't have to look a certain way for you guys mm-hmm. to get the benefit or or reap the experience that you need yourself. For me, I need to be shocked. I need to be um startled in a way because I've had a fawn or freeze trauma response where I've shut down. Um, and I need to feel alive again in some way. And the um, the tenacity that one has to have to do that is quite large. So. Yeah, oh, oh, I have to hype myself up. We hype each other up on text like every single time we're about to do it. Because yeah. like, I fill that tub up and I'm like, oh, there's nothing I want to do less than that right now. And yeah, I'm kind of like the opposite of you where I have, I think, the fight response like to most triggers. Like... That's just where my body goes. So, like, being in the water and I have to, like, actively calm myself down, like, that's been so helpful. And, you know, if anybody's listening and is, like, interested in cold plunging, like, please go do your research. We're not just saying, like, hey, yeah, like, this is a thing that we did. So, like, you should also do it. But I think talking about these things and, like, sure, we have tools like meditation. We have breath work, which Lisa is an amazing facilitator of. Mm. But sometimes those aren't necessarily, like, the correct tools and I think too like maybe you can speak to this like there's probably some resistance towards doing something like breath work for this like is it just like not the correct 
like, catalyst? Like, yeah, tell me more. So one of the reasons—so, yes, I'll speak to that and answer the questions. But firstly, like, one of the reasons I wanted to start cold plunging was because my therapist told me that— um, I should dabble with some cold water exposure. I'm dealing with severe anxiety right now, and I can't do anything about it. My headspace is clear and clean, but my body is still reacting and shaking and giving me anxiety attacks and panic attacks at my nine to five, right? So there's no time for that, right? We don't, we don't, we don't have time for that stuff. So we don't love that for you. um, So my therapist was like, cold water resets the nervous system. And my nervous system is so messed up right now. So when you jump into cold water, you're giving your body a chance to reset the like anxiety response that you're having to things. And that's what I found the most helpful. And therefore, if you're in a cycle with your anxiety of triggers and it's getting worse and worse, it's almost like you jump in the water and you get to start over from from scratch. (laughs) (laughs) I'm only laughing at water. (laughs) You guys get to jump into the water and you get to be reborn, okay? (laughs) Um, I don't know what that was. Did I not say this is the year of being unhinged? This is, this is, you get it all. Yeah, You You get get it it all right now. Um, Okay, that's cool. I actually didn't, know that but when you explain it like that it makes yeah a lot of sense so we're pressing a reset button when you do um breath work meditation you're going into a like induced state and you're reliving things and you're working Mm -hmm. it out Mm -hmm. but i like a cold exposure you are not particularly involving yourself in the trauma you're pressing a little button on your nervous system saying let's get out of that circle try again yeah, it's like when you plug your curling iron in and you have to press the reset button for, the, like, the entire thing mm. to, like, reset. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's cool. And, like, yeah, we were talking about this earlier because we actually did go cold plunging today, which, mm. should we tell this story? Like, Yeah, was... you you tell it in the way that's okay for your podcast. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay, so... This is, this is, it's really been, it's been a day. This has been just absolutely hilarious so far, but we, I don't know what I was expecting. I think I was expecting some like nice ass tin tubs outside to like go cold plunge in. Like the things that I've seen, like the Wim Hof method. And like, I was like, oh, sick. Yeah. Like we're going to go do that. And Lisa finds this place and like, yeah. (laughs) I find it. Sorry. (laughs) Well, it's the only, it's the, it was the only available option probably on this entire (laughs) island. But we, we go to this place and we should have known because it wasn't just, like, next to a, like, chicken food shop, oh. but, like, it was in, it was, like, in the In a chicken fried chicken shop. Window. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, they shared, like, the same service window. Anyway, so we go in here, and we, like, get, we get checked in, and they hand us, like, these bins with towels in them and, like, a little changing thing, um, and they there's not a lot of, like, communication happening between, like, what we're supposed to do. So we just kind of, like, walk in and we're like, oh, okay, like, what's what, what what's in here? And there's just, like, one cold hot tub, like, a hot tub-sized pool that's cold water, and then one warm hot tub, and then a sauna. And that was the entire experience. Um, it certainly wasn't what we were expecting. We were definitely supposed to be butt-ass naked, but we wore our swimsuits. <laughs> they were disappointed that we were clothed. Yeah, the employees were not, were not like, super psyched on that part. But we, I think we kind of just, like, maybe faked that we couldn't understand them a little bit. Um, yep. And 
<laughs> we went in the cold twice, and we went in the sauna, and we got water all over the floor, and that wasn't very appreciated, um, which is a little funny because I'm like, it is it is a pool. So that one I was a little confused about, but they took our towels. Um, I think it's because they weren't very happy that we wore our bathing suits. So yeah. we came back to no towels, and I was like, I don't know how to not get water on the floor now. Um, so that was a actually hilarious yeah. experience. And though you missed the best part. When we were in the cold plunge, <laughs> this woman walks through. I don't know oh if she's an employee or close friend of the owner, but she walks through and she like, you know, if you have a dress on, if, if any of you people listening have the experience of wearing a dress and Just having like underwear under, right? Yeah. When you're home, you're like, oh, let me lift this thing. Um, well, this woman did this in public right in front of us. Didn't shut, yeah, we're not shutting walked, the bathroom door. Walked into yeah. the bathroom with her, like, panties showing already, dress up, ready to pull her actual undies down, sits on the toilet, her, her hoo-ha facing us. <laughs> and Chelsea and I are just, like, trying to survive the cold water, you know? So, um, and then she, like, pissed, did her thing, got uh, past us, and was unfazed. So, if we learn anything from that experience, firstly, don't look. Secondly, <laughs> um, you can be at that level of not caring about anything in life. <laughs> Honestly, I'm like, is that good, though? Do we, is that, is that what surrender is, or is that I just, think that's, like, is that the, a that's living, giving up on things. Is that, like, that's like you're a walking trauma response. Yeah. No, we don't want to be it. I absolutely cannot believe I did not know this trick before going to a retreat with one of my mentors in Joshua Tree just a couple of weekends ago. One of the girls at the retreat said I needed to try Organifi Pure, which is their lemon-flavored beverage, hot. And I was like, no way, that's not gonna be good. Oh my God, it was absolutely mind-blowing. It tastes like hot lemon tea. It is so freaking good. It's like lemonade, but warm, which right now when it's colder outside, absolutely hits the spot. I love to drink a cup before I settle into work in the mornings. This is really great for cognition. It's great for clearing up any brain fog. If you're feeling overwhelmed, if you feel like you are struggling with anxiety, this is gonna help you zone in and get a lot more clear thanks to the lion's mane mushroom inside of this drink mix. Lion's mane is really great for all things brain health and cognition and really helps to clear up any brain fog. You'll also get a nice boost of energy thanks to the coffee berry extract, but you won't get any of the extra caffeine. If you're like me and are extra sensitive to caffeine, I can't have more than one coffee a day or I will turn into an anxious mess. So it's really helpful to have beverages that can give you a little bit of a boost, but without the additional caffeine that inevitably causes the crash after. I also really love this blend because it has a digestive enzyme mix inside, which means that it helps you to break down any carbohydrates, fat, protein. Usually when we are having gut or stomach issues, it's due to the undigested proteins inside of the foods that we're eating. So this digestive enzyme blend goes in there and helps to break those foods down so you can feel like your tummy is happy and you can focus on the things that actually matter in your life. As somebody that has struggled 
struggled with my digestive health in the past, it is really great to know that the products that I'm drinking for my brain are also doing good things to my gut. If you are wanting to try out Organifi Pure, you can head to the Organifi website. It's Organifi with an I, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I, -I, and use code EXPAND, E-X-P-A-N-D, for 15% off your order. And while you're at it, you should definitely stock up on Harmony, which is the hormone balancing hot chocolate that they have. It is so goddamn good. I have a cup every single night and my cycles have never been more pain free. I am so thankful to Organifi for making all of this superfood stuff really freaking easy. So instead of seven different bags that you're trying to like scoop powders from, they just put it all in one. I'm thankful to have it all in one spot. Again, if you are wanting to try out any Organifi products, use code EXPAND for 15% off your order. I can't wait to see what you ordered. It was just quite the experience of doing this ice bath, but we were dedicated nonetheless to make it happen regardless of external circumstances or germs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Lisa was maybe a little bit worried about a staph infection, and I was like, huh, that didn't even cross my mind. Mm. I should probably be worried that it didn't, but... You know, I'm pretty proud of us for actually, like, staying committed to this every single day. I don't know what we're going to do beyond today because we're not going back there. <laughs> we're not, yeah. We also got ripped off. It was 30 oh, we got We definitely got ripped off. It was $60 for both of us. Yeah. And I was like, I kind of want to ask for my money back, but I'm not going to because we're just done. We just need to leave, like, before... Before... <laughs> yeah. Before I say something yeah. I regret. Um, we took the owl. I made. <laughs> I, I tried to make nice with the lady that gave us dirty looks. So. <laughs> yeah, you were trying to. I was just like, "This is ridiculous." The audacity. Um, and yeah. And whatever the woman said, I was like, "Yeah, right. Makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> makes sense." There's that. There's that fond response. Yeah. Really, like coming out to show, and I'm just like, "You want to go?" Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, we're um, gonna find like a cold waterfall to jump in, I think. Yeah, we're going to try and identify a cold body of water naturally occurring in Hawaii. Uh, not sure how cold it will be, and uh, yeah. but <laughs> We're prepared to take cold showers if necessary. Ooh, oh, maybe that's a good thing to point out, too, is like cold showering, which Sucks. probably, yeah, like a lot of people have heard about, is like 300 times more miserable than I will, submerging. I will detail, listen, guys, ladies, men, individuals, people of the planet, I... <laughs> Um, I hate cold showers with a passion. I want to burn my skin off anytime I step into a shower or... <laughs> or you want to be sanitized. <laughs> I want to hurt, okay? I want to be red, like blotchy, like what happened to this woman, right? That's what I want to walk out feeling like. Um, and... I am a woman who is also undergoing this cold exposure therapy daily, and yet I will go into a park in Washington at night at a lake at a park that's dark and alone under moonlight, and it's scary. It's scary. Let me detail. It's scary. You've had tears. Um, yeah, I've cried about it, how scared I was. And I go in and submerge myself alone at night. Listen, alone at night. Um... In nature, and I yet will not take a cold shower at all. It fucking sucks so much. I'd rather be terrified in a body of water and almost get killed or, or die. Something's going <laughs> to touch your feet. That's what I'm concerned about. I would rather do that than get in the cold shower. So 
people of the planet, have no fear if you are like me. <laughs> cold showering's not the way. Um, and one, the reason that I kind of wanted to talk about this, too, is because, like, one of the first things that you said to me was, like, this cold plunging is, like, actually changing my life. Like, yeah. I think— mm, Benefits. Yeah. Like, I think for you, you kind of feel like you're coming back to life. Like, you're coming back to yourself and, like— Maybe you have more capacity for things or like, I just, I feel like, and I explained this to you earlier, which is kind of hard without a visual, but it was like a year ago, like your, your energy was like so contracted and like pulled forward and it's Mm. so much more open and like, it's like your shoulders just like have relaxed Mm. now. Like it's like your entire energy aura, outlook, everything is different. Yeah. I think the cold plunging for that. It's it's really I'd like to think cold plunging. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, and that body of water at night. Um, so yeah, um, it's honestly life changing. I don't know if it works for everybody, but for me, um, I have to say that I've been doing it for 11, 12 days now, mm-hmm. and the first three days. I didn't see much difference, but by day four, five, six, I have a life force that I haven't been able to connect with in years. Um, I have energy and vitality, a fire within me that can carry me on to do simple things like, you know, prepare meals for myself at work or hard things like send difficult emails or, you know, be proactive or or work extra because I want to and because I care. And having that energy is new for me. And it is completely correlated, which does not mean causation, right? Correlation does not, right? Yeah. But <clears throat> but we are here seeing improvements in me in, in ways that I've never I have not touched in the past four years. And I think that if you're kind of at a loss, it's a place to start and dabble and try with because I I would have I considered myself a highly depressed and anxious person a week and a half ago. And today I do not feel like I relate to those terms in the same capacity. So I think that... Um, is really significant and a testament to what can happen when we just try some things. I think like like with breathwork, I say all these things are tools, tool like just are a toolbox for us to, to pick something up and try. And right now for me, the cold exposure is that tool that's helping me move forward. Yeah. But I'm curious, Chelsea, like for you, what benefits have you seen um, oh, beyond feeling like a badass bitch? Yeah, so right. Chelsea no, gets that it. great side effect of feeling like a badass bitch. <laughs> I think, okay, so I, and I texted this to you like a while, like like pretty early on when we were doing this. And it was what I realized is like life is really fucking hard. Mm. And it just, it just is. And that's, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Like you said, though, like, like we, we do need that. Like mm. we need to experience it, but also like, I need to be more resilient and being in the Mm. cold water makes me feel more resilient because I hate it so much. Like Mm. if I can, and I'm not saying we all need to like really do things that we hate all the time. Like I talk a lot on this podcast about like, please don't do a lot of things that you hate in your business. Mm -hmm. But like this for me makes me feel like I can handle things. It makes me feel like, you know what? Like other things aren't as bad. Also, 
I do not like winter. I really struggle in the winter. I'm mm. cold all the time. I feel like this has actually helped me feel a little bit warmer mm. in, like, outside in Leavenworth when it's, like, you know, 20 degrees, 30 degrees. Like, I feel a little bit less like a popsicle. So that's that's kind of <laughs> nice. But I think it's it's mainly, like, being able to handle some more things, which is which is cool. Mm-hmm. Mm. Damn. Capacity to handle things. You know, it's really sad, guys. Um, when you've been in a state of, if you, you're on the journey of healing, it means so much to say that. But if you're like healthy, it probably sounds so weird. Yeah. <laughs> to yeah, be able to I handle know. things. Yeah, to be able to handle things, just like even simple things. Yeah. Um, which, uh, not to like completely change subjects, but mm-hmm. I, I think that ADHD is like wrapped up into here. Do you mm. mind if we talk about that? Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm curious, like, when you first were maybe, like, was it brought to your attention? Was that something that you kind of felt like, oh, maybe I do have this? Or, like, how did that, how did that come about? Well, okay, so I was in a deep trauma response and could not function. Um, I could not eat and... I was one of the things I was really struggling with at work is was sending emails. I couldn't send emails. Okay, well emails are actually also the worst. But that's be yeah, but this is because I had this wall of awful and I was so traumatized that I couldn't muster the executive functioning to move forward with any of my tasks. And so I had such little capacity that I could not do. I could not effort myself out of my hole. I could not dig or climb or do anything other than sit where I was. And that obviously is very concerning. Um, And I honestly can't remember why I sought an ADHD diagnosis. And it's really tricky because for women, they get um, misdiagnosed. And I can't say that my diagnosis was very comprehensive. Uh, it's hard because ADHD and anxiety are their comorbidities. So I think I struggle, or I know that I struggle with anxiety, um, attributing to executive functioning issues um, more than I do with ADHD. But when you're traumatized, your wiring and patterning is so off, and the ADHD brain has struggles with dopamine. Uh, And that means that your highs are high, but your lows are really low. And so I could not and still struggle with having enough dopamine to create a proper like reward system for motivation. And just because I'm a nerd and do a lot of research, I realized that some of those things that were exacerbated because of the trauma I was going through allowed me to dive in and really detail some nuanced things that I've always struggled with. Um, So I don't know if that answers your question, but it's it's like a new journey for me. And it's really, really eye-opening and helpful because some of the things that I really shamed myself for struggling with— Aren't my fault. (laughs) Um, It's just the way that my brain has wiring um, Mm -hmm. and struggling with joy or lack thereof is also not my fault. It's the brain chemistry. That's a deep one. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big one. Yeah. So now, I mean, yeah, this is like pretty recent 
still, but like I feel like the wall of awful is like mm. really helpful. And when you talk about that, I'm like, oh my god, like, yeah. That's it makes like a lot of sense. Are there other things that are kind of like clicking into place with you? Like maybe even like looking back on when you were younger or did this just present because like because of the trauma? Yeah, I mean it mostly presents because of the trauma. It's I haven't it's kind of crazy but I was in a 3-year relationship and I didn't know you before that. Right. I was always like a little extra talkative or anxious, but more so I was like closed off and quiet and private. Um, and the trauma created this, like, anxious human to present. Um, and the one thing, though, is that I did struggle with, like, basic—what would I say? Like, the the wall of awful, <laughs> this executive functioning. Like small, small tasks to other people that, like— that that yeah that for some reason was so so difficult to generate the the motivation to climb over the wall because it was so scary and i had so much built up like tension or energy behind it that i just could not start it um i was also hyperactive as a kid like i would run 5 miles a day i was in all the sports and i like couldn't get enough if you knew me in high school i'm like I'm sure we. I tried to get so you to work. Say I'm sorry. Yeah. I was like, well, no. no. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> but I'm sure I asked you to work out with me, and I'm sure that you said no because I would have killed you. Um, <laughs> if you know who you are. <laughs> um, yeah. That. Yeah. So you know that was like pretty intense and extreme of me. Um, but also the hyper focus to be super successful. You know, when you have a goal, you can just kind of put your head down and get it done um, if you have that determination and it's in the hyper focus. So losing track of time and things like that. Um, also, I'm the late friend, so time does not exist for me. But yeah. yeah, so those are like some things that I personally picked up on. But I wouldn't say that most people in my life would have thought I had ADHD just up until like the recent years that I was going through the trauma um, which is pretty interesting. So uh, then is it like it's always been there, but it kind of was like the trauma like opened the window for it to be expressed in a different way? Or like did that like it did it like turn on? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't think it turned on. I think that in times of stress, these symptoms are exacerbated. So like if you're anxious and you don't get sleep for a week, you're going to experience more anxiety and less mm -hmm. ability to regulate it. So for me, I was in trauma for three years and I had no ability to regulate any of the underlying issues that I've always kind of had at bay um, for whatever reason. Um, so yeah, I think that's a really interesting one. Mm -hmm. um, but it is just really helpful to know that I have resources and tools to help me move forward. I think, like, seeking diagnoses are really helpful because you can put a name to something. And once you put a name to something, it's not unfamiliar anymore. As long as you don't carry shame with it, it's something that can be empowering and say, well, I have this. So let me seek out the tools and understand how to combat it in a really loving way. So now when I struggle with 
this wall of awful for doing my dishes or folding my laundry, basic life things, I can say, well, you know what? Like, I'm struggling with this because I am predisposed to. Like, I'm built to struggle with Mm -hmm. it. And that's okay. And I give myself time to go through the stress of doing and love myself through the process. So... I don't know, dude. It's been interesting. Um. Yeah, I mean, what a journey. Like, to be, yeah, essentially diagnosed with ADHD at age 29. Yeah, and have been kind of successful. It's crazy. You've been quite successful. Like, I think people on the outside would call you extremely highly, fu- like, very high-functioning. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it. <laughs> it does, but it doesn't feel like it. I mean, yeah, like, when do ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. When do we ever feel when like do it? When do we ever feel like it? Okay. But, Thank yeah. you for sharing that. Yeah. I feel like it's it's helpful, I think, for people to hear, too, because um, this is just something that I think that's been coming up a lot lately, especially in the entrepreneur space, mm. is people recognizing or realizing that they have it. And, like, for me, I grew up with a brother that has ADHD, and I think, you know, men and women present very, very differently. So I think a lot of women are misdiagnosed and or missed. And, like, for me, I do work primarily with women, and it's, like, we make it so—we make ourselves, like, so bad and so wrong for these things that we feel like we should be able to do that, like, aren't that, quote, hard— But, like, yeah, your brain just, like, wasn't built for that. Like you said, you're, like, predisposed to struggle with that thing. Yeah. Like, the ADHD brain is very interesting. It's—ADHD is categorized by the neural pathways that are created within it. So it's it's different connections. Um, And so when there's something that's not interesting or, like, motivating for us to do, it's not one of our hyperfixations— our brain to focus on something that's not in that realm literally shuts off. Like, if you look at the processing power, it shuts off. Our brains shut off. So if you're struggling with concentration or things like that, if you have ADHD or just in general, like, it's not your fault that you are putting extra work into doing something that you don't find interesting. Um, Your brain shuts off off it turns off those centers that help you concentrate so that's just I think really helpful to know. Is that a protective feature? Um, ADHD uh, there's a lot of research done on people who have ADHD also are like I think 80% likely to have the same type of like trauma trauma experiences as a child Um, but I'm not really like the best person to talk on that because I'm so new on my journey on it, but Mm -hmm. it is related to, uh, what do I want to say? Unstable upbringings, Um, you know, like not being aware or sure of your environment and things like that. So um, yeah, just being, I I think part of it, I I can't prove, like, I don't know if there's research on it or to prove it, but ADHD, if you look at the, like, uh, attention deficit disorder part of it, um, the attention goes everywhere. So we can't focus fully on one thing because we're noticing everything around us. And if you grow up in an unsafe environment, you have to be 
hyper aware to the cues that you are in the middle of. So if something bad happens, you need to be aware before it does. And so there's a lot of predicting and ability to like tell the future almost because of our ability to link patterns together with ADHD as well. So that's also like a weird, weird um, thing that ADHD people have in common. The ability to like predict the future almost. Right. It's, and I'm just like saying this in my own like words and opinions, but like, it's almost like not attention deficit. It's like attention fucking overdrive. Like there's like too many like stimulate, like too much stimulation Mm -hmm. in that. And Mm -hmm. Yeah, so how does, like, work feel now that you kind of know? Does it, like, make anything easier yet? Or is it still, like, we're, like, you're still learning? Yeah, I mean, I, I I think, like. Can we just, hold on. Yeah. There's a man on a skateboard carrying a bulldog and a fishing pole. Honestly, I saw that and didn't even think anything of it. Didn't you. Mm Mm-mm. Okay. We're in a bad part of town. We're not in a great part of town, but we there's this beautiful blue uh, watchtower. Aloha, bitches. Aloha, bitches. I don't know. It says aloha on it. It's a clock tower. Yeah, and it's blue. It's really pretty. Um, yeah. Does work feel easier? Um, I wouldn't say that. Like, I don't know that work ever would have felt difficult without the trauma. So I'm healing from traumatic experiences. So the healing of that feels better. But um, I wouldn't say that I particularly like struggled with work because of ADHD Mm -hmm. in the past. Um, I struggled with work because of trauma responses that I was in. Mm -hmm. So um, I just, some people with ADHD have the ability to be like hyper fixate on success and that's motivation. And I've been lucky enough to hate myself enough to need to be successful. And that reward system has been very propelling for me. That's the high achieving. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely like a new way to look at it of like Mm -hmm. hyper fixation on achievement and success and like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it's absolutely fascinating. So last thing I want to talk about is you and I being Enneagram 8s and kind of like, we're both 8s, but I think we're very different types of 8s. Like, I, like, you, <laughs> in San Diego, you were like, have you always been this, like, what did you call me, extreme? Was that the word? I'm not sure. If that was your impression, probably. Yeah. Have you always <laughs> been this extreme? And I'm like, well, probably. Like, I usually get intense, but like, yeah, we'll take extreme too. But like, I don't think I'd think of you as like, an extreme person but I think of you as like a very direct person and like you you don't take shit but it's it's not just that like I think it's more so like you're very squishy on the inside but like you do have that hard shell like Enneagram 8's like for anybody listening like that's not familiar with the Enneagram like it's all about I, I mean and we talked about this earlier but like it's all about like control and freedom and you said that that's the one that you identify with the most out of all of them yeah um I think that some of this can be attributed to like growth 
in humans. Like we have our Enneagrams and we have these things that kind of predefine us. Like we step out, we take this test and now it's like, okay, anything we do can be put into these bubbles. Um, But those bubbles are coming from typically like the reactions and the, the negative sides of where we're at is due to trauma or lack of healing in those areas so definitely in this case the childhood yeah Yeah. but like I I I think like I used to be super intense (laughs) but um I just don't react in those ways anymore like and that's on healing and so I think there's like hope that our growth points go into softer versions of who we are um but You know, I think it's also on life experience too, right? So like I had a really bad health diagnosis and I had to come to terms with my mortality. And when you look at life from that lens, you can kind of chill out a little bit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I think like, yes, we present differently, but it doesn't mean that we haven't gone through the same trajectory. Mm -hmm. We're just at different points of where we could present with our Enneagram 8. Right. I might have to title this podcast episode, and that's on healing. <laughs> yeah, you guys have to listen to the Fletcher album. <laughs> Chelsea still isn't. <laughs> we're, we're, we're getting there. But I think, too, like, I just really wanted to, like, have this more of, like, a conversation because it's, like, this is just the, like, this is what you and I have been talking about for months. And... Mm. You know, we're we're at very different places, I think, probably day to day, maybe minute to minute. But, like, it's so up and down sometimes that it's, like, kind of hard to see your progress through it. But then also having somebody, like, mirror back to you and be like, oh, okay, like, we talked a couple months ago and this is where you're at. And, like, oh, look at how far mm-hmm. you've come and, like, all of these things. And also, too, I don't want to say, like, keep you in check, but I think, like, mm. for me, you've been super helpful in, like... Just, like, calling me out on my shit. Like, you're, like, one of three people that can do that. And just, like, kind of making sure that I'm not perpetuating the behaviors and, the like, the patterns that got me where I didn't, like, I don't want to be anymore. So that's been really helpful. Yeah. Well, I love you. Um, <laughs> I won't let you go there. <laughs> and that's on being an Enneagram 8. Um, <laughs> that's on being an 8. Um, fiercely fucking loyal yes. to, to the friends. It um, hurts. <laughs> <laughs> we'll sacrifice self. I will for, fight for, for you. <laughs> yes. Yeah, even when you're not fighting for yourself. Like, yeah. you should have seen me mm. trying to give up on this podcast and making it happen. And what did you say to me? I don't know. No. Fuck you, bitch. We're doing it. What did I say? Yeah, that was it. And I was like, she's like, we're going to Walmart right now. We're buying that connector. And I was like, okay. I definitely give it up. Yeah. I was like, come on. Why can't we make it fun? Right? Like it's, I think it's really important to have people in your life that could kind of pull you out of your own crap. Right? Like we're cranky people sometimes. We're humans, right? Like, we're going to be not our best selves all the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if we don't have someone that's like, hey, Lisa, like, you're being a, you're being a little, like, this is, t- this is not it. This is not it. This is not supporting you. It's yeah. not supporting what you need to do. Mm-hmm. 
um, then I think you need new friends. <laughs> Honestly, like me, when I'm trying to tell you, hey, I think I'm going to move again, like the sixth time in two years, you're like, um, I actually think you're being a twit. <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, no, I am. If, if anyone wants to sign up for an application to be my friend. <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah, we'll put that link in the show notes. Um, she's she's only taking a few. She's a big wait list. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um. Real talk with Lisa. Yeah. Um, thank you for doing this with me yes. and having this conversation in public because I think it's going to be really helpful for yeah. people listening. And let me know if you like these very candid, real talk episodes. I think <laughs> I was really excited to have all of you listen in on just like a conversation between me and Lisa because it's it's difficult, right? Like if we don't have people in our lives that we can have these sort of like fucking deep conversations with sometimes it feels really isolating and I think we can talk ourselves out of a lot of things and I know for me like I probably would have just continued to pretend I was fine if I didn't like have you reflect that back to me so very appreciative for you and thanks for thanks for doing this yeah can I just like hype you up really quickly oh my god so, <laughs> <laughs> so um before I sign off too <laughs> Um, I want to reflect to Chelsea with her right here how much she means to me as a human and a friend in this life, in this journey, and in this phase of my life. Um, I'm really blessed to have her in the ethers to support me through text, through call when I need it, but she's also here physically in the same state as I am, and that is just such a blessing to me. Um, I don't think you can understand that. Um, and... She's also an incredible human with integrity that I can't help but always respect and look up to. Um, and I think that that's why, like, for me, I will always make sure that you're checking yourself on your shit because I value you and respect you so much that I know who you are and I know who you aren't. And when I see that person being someone that you're not, when you're in points of disempowerment, it hurts me so much because you are such an incredible gift to this world. For anyone who follows you you on here, who listens to your podcast, I'm sure can reflect similar sentiments to you um, and how important you are in this energy to show us as women who we can be and how we can be relentless in who we are and with our boundaries. So um, that's just like a little blurb on how much I love you. Oh my God. Not even I'm, all of it. It's fine. I'll just be a messy child <laughs> over here. I'll just cry myself. To but I think you all as podcast <laughs> listeners are blessed to be in the circle of, of Chelsea. Because <laughs> I know I am. Uh, I love to be on the receiving side of her um, and who she is. So um, thank you for letting me chat with you today. Hopefully you guys had fun with us. Um, I have a love affair with all of my friends and Chelsea is no exception to that. Aww. So yeah, I hope you guys are obsessed with her as much as I am. <laughs> Definitely let us know if you want an encore 
episode, we <laughs> do not live very far from each other. So this could be a thing. If this is something you're interested in, please let me know. Send me a message on Instagram. I'm at expandwithchelsea or an email, hello at expandwithchelsea.com, or leave a podcast review. If you absolutely hated this, <laughs> sorry, I don't know if I'm It's open. okay. It is okay. I don't know if I'm open to feedback on this one specific thing. No, I'm kidding. Do, do let me know. Leave a podcast review. We love honest opinions. Thank yeah. you so much for being here. I hope you have an absolutely wonderful rest of your day. And I will talk to you next episode. I love you. <laughs> Bye.